you made it to level two, deeper questions leading to deeper answers. I'm Tomas Garza, and I'm here to help you decide to transform. I'll be setting the pace for the process to support your unfolding. Learn and commit to a practice that brings simplicity and an awareness of what is ready to be released. Join me now and allow the experience of a deeper sense of love. Welcome to Decide to Transform. I'm your host, Tomas Garza, and I want to welcome you to a very, very special show today because joining me from Washington, D.C. is Desiree Holmes Sharini, a very special guest, and I have been a guest on Desiree's show, Intuitive Journey with Desiree on Apple Podcasts, and I'm delighted to welcome her on to Decide to Transform today. Let me read quickly about Desiree, and then we'll launch right into what's going to be a really interesting and fabulous conversation here today. Desiree Holmes Sharini is an award-winning board-certified clinical transpersonal hypnotherapist, coach, and Reiki master. She's the author of Journey to Joy, The Written Path, and creator of the Intuitive Insight Process. Desiree hosts the podcast, Intuitive Journey with Desiree, and is recognized as a top hypnotherapist in the Washington, D.C. area. Her greatest joy in her work is the success of her clients. But Desiree, this is a pleasure. Welcome to Decide to Transform. Thank you, Tomas. I'm so glad to be here. It's good to talk to you again. This is a lot of fun. And as we have spoken before, I've been a guest on Desiree's show. And Desiree, one of the things that really jumps out at me is that you have a lot, and I do mean a lot of experience in hypnosis and hypnotherapy. And for those of us, let's start off with that component of your work and professional life here. For those who aren't aware of what transpersonal hypnotherapy is, would you tell us a little bit more about that? Sure, I'd love to. And, um, you know, what's kind of ironic is I'll give you a little teeny backstory here. All right. With me, there's no teeny, no teeny backstories. But oh, that's all right. Um, you know, my, um, <laughs> my background was uh, in degree in psychology, facilitating groups and um, in college, I was always very interested in, say, behavioral um, uh, therapies, right? More kind of cut and dry, um, matter of fact, uh, science based. Um, okay. And uh, so, fast forward, I, you know, a few years, many years forward, as um, my children were in school old enough that I saw this opportunity to, to be trained for a um, hypnotherapist. And I thought, huh, well, that's interesting. And the window of time was right, the you know, money was right, and I said, I think I'll go do that. And it was kind of, I have to say, sort of um, a whim. I just thought it would be an interesting subject to learn. Okay. And um, it, what I didn't know when I went into it was that it was in particular transpersonal, a certified clinical transpersonal hypnotherapist. And not until I was, you know, learning it and, and, you know, more familiar as I you know, grew with it, did I quite understand the difference between strictly clinical and clinical and transpersonal. So that brings us to, I think there are no mistakes because 
uh, what transpersonal means it's like clinical hypnotherapy is very um say habit change thought change uh behavior uh, modification you know working with people to maybe even um go back and and uh, find deep hidden problems and resolving them mm -hmm. what transpersonal does is all of that all of the traditional clinical uh, sort of hypnotherapy, but it also has the element of it includes mind, body, and spirit. Okay. So it's not just mind and body, but it includes spiritual work, and uh, it includes past lives. It includes um, uh, recognizing that we have uh, a source of uh, maybe unknown uh, access to come in and help us. So that's where uh, it turned out that it was really ideal for me because that's very much my belief system is that we have a you know something else than just our mind and body mm -hmm. yes yeah and that's helpful thank you so much um so with the spiritual work and and past lives and everything that goes into transpersonal hypnotherapy i want to ask you how did you wind up becoming a hypnotherapist in the first place well that was kind of it i like i said i saw this opportunity and i i'd never you know to get trained and so mm -hmm. I, I went ahead and i said oh sign up i i'm going to go all right and i'd never even been hypnotized myself okay. i it was i really didn't know that much about it when i when i decided to go get trained and mm. um yeah it just turned out to be perfect for me the it, okay it turned into uh, my main focus and uh, career. So, okay. Well then, thank you. Let's walk through, for people that have never been hypnotized before, <laughs> I suppose it's different every time, but what was your first experience being hypnotized like? It's very interesting. Um, and so, of course, like I said, in class, as I was being trained, we do hypnosis with each other. Okay. And so that was my first experience to being hypnotized. And it's, um, it's really kind of the same every time as far as going under. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, very dreamlike, very, you get uh, to describe it, I guess, it's, you, you, hypnosis is a high state of relaxation, but also focus. And oh. you would think, oh, you're letting everything go, but you're also focusing on uh, your internal state. So it's sort of like not paying attention to all this other stuff. So it's it's eliminating uh, distractions. So it's very okay. it's very much like you kind of forget where you are. You forget you're laying on the sofa or sitting in the chair, yes. and you, you hear the person's voice. And you almost forget where your hands are, where you, you sometimes will not even feel that you're sitting on the chair or the sofa. You kind of, mm. it takes your mind away from your body, basically. Okay. All right. Well, and so where have you gone under hypnosis? If your mind is away from your body, you know, are there certain experiences that you remember that jump out at you? I would say the most significant ones are um, the, say, a past life experience. Okay. Because that is definitely an unreal 
unusual experience and um, as well as life between lives is another thing that is a spiritual regression where you actually mm. instead of going to experiencing a past life you go into your non-physical state of being in spirit form only and that's a whole that's a whole nother thing but um so for example say in in a regular hypnosis say i could um and the thing is you are you're directed uh, by the hypnotherapist if you are quote-unquote going someplace you're say they might say let's go back to the age of five and it's very easy under hypnosis to kind of drop down into a memory that you didn't even realize you remembered okay so um so for say a current life past you know uh, regression I remember, say, going, like there was something about go back to the first memory you have in one mm -hmm. of our hypnosis sessions. And I see myself sitting on the floor. I see my little shoes. I have blocks. And, okay. um, and, I, and then it's, you, you know, can see things that I'm like, wow, that's interesting. Why, how would I remember this? And you see it from that point of view, which is very interesting. Most significant, I would say, is the experience of going into a past life, especially if you've never done it before, because as you're doing it, it's sort of like you're half awake, half asleep, because you're talking and answering questions as the hypnotherapist is asking you after they, you've regressed. And, and I, 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 you see things in your head, almost like I say, almost like you're watching a movie or dream, like, or as if you're standing there out of your own eyes. And to see things and then say, oh, I've got to be making this up. You know, okay, here's what I see, but okay. this is a little crazy. Um, so uh, when you ask where I went, one place I went was I uh, was um, found myself experiencing a past life as a Native American mm. and very specific memories and then doubting my, doubting what I was seeing because it didn't make sense to me, knowing I was a Native American and what era it was, it was like the 1800s. But what I saw were tall pine trees and tall trees and forest around me. And in my conscious, my Desiree thinking mind, I did not associate Native Americans with that environment. I was thinking Wild West. All and right. I thought, well, what are these woods doing here? Why mm -hmm. am I here? And anyway, after going through the whole thing and then looking up, you know, and I, and I said, I think I'm in like, Virginia or it feels like Virginia I think that's where I am so I looked up and I'm like oh well I feel silly because there were indeed <laughs> Native Americans living in Virginia and I guess I missed that history lesson I just didn't, oh. <laughs> didn't jive with it didn't jive with my thinking I was expecting you know so that's kind of an example of some place I've gone and uh, mm -hmm. it's quite interesting experience what's the most interesting thing about past life is to that makes me not doubt it uh, is to that you feel the actual emotions. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yes. Mm -hmm. Have you ever been hypnotized, Tomas? I have not. Ah. I have not, but I know that a number of people listening have, and for those who have not, then let me ask you: How does a hypnotherapist? put somebody into a state of hypnosis? Well, it's sort of teamwork. Okay. Uh, and so my directions to my clients are their job is to allow 
mm-hmm. themselves to take my suggestions toward relaxing. And there are some, there are a few different ways of, of bringing someone under hypnosis. The way that I most often use is a guided relaxation, guided meditation. Okay. And I ask them, because it's kind of like a little vacation anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I ask them, you know, what's your preferred most relaxing place to go? Maybe it's a walk in the woods, maybe it's a beach. And I, I give them this visualization of that they're there. I usually start with the breathing, move to a visualization, then do progressive um, suggestion for muscle relaxation. And then as I observe and I can see different changes in their um, physiology, like breathing shallower and slower or swallowing or eye, rapid eye movement under the lids, mm-hmm. um, I, can, I can gauge uh, if they're under. And then at that point is when we would move into either working on suggestion for what they'd like to um, change or going into a past life or a regression or whatever it is we want to do. Okay. Yes. Well, so they're an active participant. In other words, the person being hypnotized. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, and when you work with someone as a client in hypnotherapy, how often do you find they come back for sessions? Is this something that one does for years at a time? Well, the nice thing about hypnotherapy is unlike talk therapy, uh, regular uh, psychoanalysis, is it ideally does not take years. Oh, okay. it, um, you can get to the root of a problem much more quickly mm-hmm. if there's an issue. Uh, you can Because with talk therapy, you're always working from your conscious level. You're talking as a conscious person. And there are ways, there, like Freud would use association or whatever, there are ways, but still the conscious mind is in the way. So with hypnotherapy, we let the conscious mind go stay at the beach or stay in the woods. And the process changes your brainwave state to which your subconscious is open and available, much more available than if you're awake. And you're awake, but much more available than if you're in that um, open uh, beta state of active participation. You're uh, you're participating, but you're at more of a dreamlike state. And so it's just quicker. It's just quicker to get in okay. there and find answers and make change. So the answer to your question is yes, uh, sometimes clients for me in particular have worked with me for, um, I would probably say the longest in an ongoing uh, sort of situation was maybe like uh, three months. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And the shortest has been one session. And, uh. and so, for example, I had you know, somebody coming in to stop biting nails. Uh, I haven't had anyone take more than one session okay. after biting their nails for years and mm-hmm. trying all sorts of stuff. Right. So that's, that's, what's fun about hypnotherapy. Okay. Others, they, what they find is they'll come back to work on one area and then they're like that, you know, that cleared up. They were like that. I'm glad about that. Now I'd like to work on this area mm, or I have some it. other things that have been bought. So we can, it's that, that's where the hypnosis life coaching combo comes in. Mm-hmm. To, continue on um, a therapeutic uh, mode so okay well so it sounds like you've seen people come in working on all kinds of different things Um, so is there one particular breakthrough that you've seen a client make that you'd like to comment on um i i think well there's been a few 
there's been a few, but I think what I really love seeing is when we've been able to go back to the source of an issue, something that they didn't even know existed, that is a surprise to them. So mm -hmm. say they're having problems in relationship or they're having okay. a weight problem or they're whatever it may be. And this happens a lot. Like somebody might come to me to lose weight and yeah. often with losing weight, if it's, you know, that often with that, there's an underlying reason that they have an eating problem. Sure. Yes. Uh, and, you know, so stuff like that where I'll, I'll do a, a behavioral, you know, change hypnosis to help, you know, help support them in eating healthy food and, and give the you know, that's power to suggestion under hypnosis. But then I also, if they're finding they're not having immediate success, then I also like to go to the source. So I'll say, put them under hypnosis and do a regression. Let's go to the source. The first time you felt, you know, like this or the, the source of this problem. And often I will have clients remember something. And th this is important that before the age of seven, when kids brains are sort of in a hypnotic state and a lot of people don't know that. Okay. So things happen when you're seven and younger that just stick with you and mm. can create a pattern for the future. And you, you don't know why you feel that way. So okay. one client, um, hers wasn't so much about, uh, it was about weight a little bit, but um, she went back to the age of three and had uh, a real sense of abandonment that oh. happened in a family dynamic. Hmm. And she she kind of had remembered this incident, but did not realize that that was really the source and then we could evaluate it and also while under hypnosis, sort of heal that moment okay. and have her um, comfort herself, her younger self, and kind of heal that and recognize what was going on in the current day because of that event and let it go. So that's, um, that's I think, when people go back and they remember something that they didn't either didn't remember or didn't okay. realize had that impact. Yeah. Okay. So a lot of hidden things then can come uh -huh. up. Uh, that's, that's gotta be really, really interesting from okay. the therapist's point of view to see mm -hmm. all that come up. Yeah. Yes. And what has been your biggest breakthrough then being hypnotized yourself? What, what jumps out at you? Um, well, I have not myself um, done hypnosis for any therapeutic use. I think, um, by the time I got into it and as I went through it, as I, 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 you know, as I learned it at the time I was learning it, it was part of really sort of a process of my own self growth. Okay. And, mm -hmm. and it happened to be right around the time of me going through a divorce. So, um, as opposed to, I, how, how can I say it? I didn't, gained my own aha through hypnosis, but I gained it through something very similar, which was almost being in an altered state and doing something like automatic writing, which was where my book came from the, and the intuitive insight process. Okay. So it was writing, open-ended writing. Mm -hmm. And then it was almost like I was <laughs> being my own therapist. So I, I took some time to just choose to write about whatever came out 
and things came out that I'm like, oh, and I would you know, go, what, where, where'd that come from? I never realized that. And that turned into uh, that process. And there's, you know, there's some explanation behind that, that by writing can help writing an art can help bypass that conscious mind too, mm-hmm. because yes. you're, you're going through a different um, vehicle out the hand to the pen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah that's, I how love I, that. that's how that happened. Okay. Well, thank you for mentioning that because that was a question that I was going to ask you and it's a perfect segue. So I appreciate that. And tell us a little bit more then about the intuitive insight process. You just shared a little bit about how it was created, but what exactly is that and how does it work? Well, I, I you know, decided to give it a, a process name. Right. Um, and so what it is, is what I do with clients, now this is not what I did with myself, I, I skipped the uh, induction part, but what I do with clients is I put them under, I give them a hypnotic uh, induction and I suggest, now this is good for people that maybe um, have, like, aren't great with communi- you know, verbally communicating while under, but also it can still get past that mind. So even mm-hmm. when you're verbally asking someone to go back and find what the root of something is, Sometimes this is a, uh, an alternative, art or writing. Um, okay. So I'll put them under, and what I'll suggest to them, first they might have something they want to solve. Like, what, why, why do I you know, have a problem with authority? Or what, you know, how can I solve my relationship with my husband? Or okay. what could it be? Whatever their question is. Or should I leave my job, right? Uh, what's in my best interest? Whatever their question might be. And so I put them under and then I leave them under hypnosis and I say, and now I'm going to, they have their paper and pen ready. And I say, and now you can open your eyes. And usually I have them sitting up. Now you can go ahead and open your eyes and write down your answers. Your answer will come easy, easily to you Mm -hmm. as you write. And I just let them write and they write and they write. And some people are like page after page. Okay. Um, and I say, and when you're done, you'll, you know, set down your pen, close your eyes, and then come back to the room, right? So mm-hmm. this is sort of the process. It's like I, I include a little bit of a hypnotic process with it, which just kind of, if I'm working with someone directly like that. Now, I have this process in, in the book I wrote. So the book, um, Journey to Joy, is an amalgam of my writings from my journal organized into different stages along a path of change okay so it's what some of the things i wrote and then at the end of every chapter like one is like starting out chapter two is like uh what's in your way you know what are what's what's blocking you but at the end of every chapter i have questions so that the person who wants to create change just answers those questions just kind of on their own will just sit down and just write out answers to those questions. And it's sort of an intuitive, you know, get into their own mind and their own heart. Mm-hmm. And um, so one of my favorite, speaking of heart, one of my favorite questions I put in there was, now ask your, on this thing you're, you're thinking of, write down uh, what your brain would say about this. Okay. You know? And then I say, right. now write down what your heart would say about this. And to help, ha- you know, help people see, am I thinking, am I, you know, is this from my brain or my heart? And then I say, and then which one feels better, right? Mm-hmm. Which one feels right? So still, yeah, that, that's, anyway, how the book came out, that's the intuitive insight process is 
bypassing the conscious mind with writing. Okay. Well, I have to tell you, it sounds like fun. It is. It, it's great. I, and it's very enlightening. And I used to, I kept doing it for a long time after the initial time. Um, and then I just haven't done it for a while. And I, every time I, if something's bothering me, sometimes I'm thinking, you know, I have not written lately. And uh, so I, I realize I need to follow my own advice. <laughs> um, well. Or if I'm undecided, I, I, it was wonderful for making a decision. Uh, indecision and feeling like confused. It was wonderful exercise for making a decision. Write out, just start writing without it. You know, it doesn't have to have punctuation. It doesn't have to mean anything. It could just be a list of words, whatever comes out of your pen without editing. Don't stop and think, just write. And then when you're done, then you, you know, you'll see something, you know, see, something will light up and you'll say, oh, huh. Okay. <laughs> well, it, it, it sounds really, really interesting. It reminds me of exercises that um, I, a, an old creative writing teacher of mine used to have us do and not worry about spelling or punctuation, right. that sort of thing, just get into the flow. So uh, why do you suppose that is not automatic for people? I mean, why, why do you suppose it's so hard for people to get into that flow sometimes? Well, we are, especially Western society, I think we are trained to be, what's the right word, um, goal-oriented. Mm -hmm. You know, that you start here, you go there. That you are supposed to go from point A to point B. And you're not supposed to meander. You know, okay. don't get lost, just go straight. And that uh, don't waste time. Just do what you need to do. We're a very uh, work ethic of mm -hmm. go, 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 stay in the box, get up at seven, get off at five, get, you know, and so our, we were trained, you know, all those years of school and right. it's our, it's our training. You eat, eat breakfast, lunch, dinner, you know, sleeping, everything is so rote. <laughs> not rote, but rote, R-O-T-E, yep. not W-R-O-T-E, yep. <laughs> it should yes. be. W-R-O-T-E, not R-O-T-E. Mm -hmm. So I think that's why it's so hard for people to just release and get into their heart, mm -hmm. to get into their own feelings, their own intuition and judgment. So this, is a, this opens yeah. a door to intuition, and it is difficult for people to just get there without a process, without saying, well, let me try this. So, you know, either meditation, hypnosis, intuitive writing, uh, intuitive art that's uh, something else that you know just just pull out some colors and, and do some shapes and draw a picture of your family or whatever and just like don't even stop to think and then look at it and you'll start seeing dynamics of relationships or what colors did you use and what's that color okay. mean to you um shapes what, what do those shapes feel like and so it's sort of it's kind of fun and it's um really um people find out things about about how they feel that they were not allowing themselves to recognize. Right. Yes. And, and it just sounds like such a, an integral part of deep transformative work. And now that we're here in the 21st century with practically every healing modality in the world <laughs> yeah. available to us, are you seeing in your own experience, personally, professionally, are you seeing people being able to get into their heart a little bit more easily? Or is that still something that, that 
you're seeing people really struggling with? Um, I think for me, I have to say, I'm not really sure because with what I do, I'm working with people who come to me who want to get into their heart and want, gotcha. to, want to examine themselves. And then on top of that, the people that I've surrounded myself with are other people that do my sort of work. Mm-hmm. And those are my friends that I communicate with. So I'm not in, I want to say I'm not in the world where I, I actually uh, see you know, I'm not in an office environment or something like that. So I may not be exposed necessarily to the bigger picture. However, I, um, I get little inklings sometimes of, of what's going on. Of course, if I watch the news, well, then everybody needs help. And, <laughs> yes. and they're not, they're definitely not in their heart or their, you know, loving space. They're, they're angry or, you know, of course, what they're showing, you know, protests or rioters or whatever, or, or politics. And those people in general don't appear to be heart-based and, and intuitive, um, but then on the other hand, um, like I said, I see people that are in office environments coming to me or going to you know, others um, to, to explore that side. However, I have to say what's funny is right when I think that I'm, people are more familiar with the sort of work I do or the sort of like meditation like you do or mm-hmm. hypnotherapy like I do, like I, I went down to uh, the gym in my building when I first moved here three years ago, and I said, can I put up a flyer about hypnotherapy? And the guy goes, and I made a little flyer and about the different things I do. And he goes, hip, what? Hip, 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 you know, I'm like, hypnotherapy. And he goes, oh yeah, sure. And other people have like, you know, maybe there's people that have training, like they do physical training or diet, yes. whatever they, so there's a billboard. And so he goes, yeah, just leave it with me. He never put it up. Uh, he goes, he, he, I'm sure he just thought it was weird. Like he didn't, mm. he didn't get it. He thought it was you know, devil worship or something. Oh, so okay. I, you know, I don't know. He didn't say that. I'm just like, <laughs> it never went up because he, I could tell, you know, that somebody that he just didn't understand. He didn't know what that was. Right. Uh, I donated to uh, an auction a couple of years ago, a free hypnotherapy session for uh, their uh, fundraiser. And when I got a thank you note for my donation, the thank mm-hmm. you note said, thank you for your donation of hydrotherapy. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm thinking, if that's what, it, what I think that means, I don't, I'm not offering to do that, no. <laughs> well, and, and did you say, well, you're most welcome. <laughs> I, wow. just, I just filed so it I, in my tax yeah. deduction pile. And, uh, <laughs> yes, so I ended your hydrotherapist. Yeah, I guess so. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so even, and and these were, you know, this the person who um, was organizing this. She's thirty something, uh-huh. so it's not like somebody older who went. Um, maybe so. I what I find is what I'm trying to say is that there are still people who are not familiar, or they think hypnosis is weird, or right. I'm going to control their minds, um, and yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's really very interesting. You make a couple of really interesting points because, um, well, like yourself, I'm surrounded by people that are, are 
spiritual people or they're holistic practitioners, they're wellness practitioners. Almost all of the guests on this podcast are, if not necessarily all of the listeners. So, uh, you know, what we see is um, there are people that don't get. Yeah, they don't get it. Right. They, they don't get what, uh, what we do. But I mean, you make a couple of very, really, um, really good points that we're not raised, we're not socialized necessarily, unless we happen to have the specific type of parents that right. raised us that way. Uh, a lot of people do not. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and a lot of people do not. So it's something that we all have to learn as we go forward. And, you know, you've referenced so many things that I want to continue to talk about here. And art and mm -hmm. art therapy is, is one of them. Um, free writing and art. And in your social media, you make it very clear that you're an artist. So mm -hmm. uh, tell us a little bit about your art. Well, you know, um, most of my art is very representational. Um, okay. You would think that as a, you know, someone who's spiritual and, and hypnosis and all that, that I'd probably do crazy abstracts. I do do some abstracts, but for the most part, um, I, I do a lot of representational work. I love doing landscapes. Okay. Um, but what I love about landscapes is I, I often do plain air landscapes. And that is when you stand outside and, and you paint from right there from nature, like you're looking at it, you're standing there. And uh, for me, that's a nice combination of, like a personal meditation because I'm out there actually in the environment. There's nothing else I can do. It's just focusing on where I am. You know, I'm actually feeling the air as opposed to looking at a picture and painting from it. Okay. Uh, so, so that is a personal benefit from that. Um, although I do um, create, um, I always say the word wrong, you know, mandalas. Mm, oh, yeah. I, I do create mandalas and I mm -hmm. teach, um, as a matter of fact, on uh, you're probably going to bring this up in a minute, but one of my the free class I'll be putting out there for the uh, International Academy of Universal Self Mastery will be on a personal mandala making class. Okay. And so um, I need to put that together. So I, I do that. Uh, I do portrait work, um, and I teach. I teach painting as well. Okay. So that's. Um, you know, that's, I want to say that's the other side of me, but I do try to also incorporate that into uh, work with um, workshops and such. Mm -hmm. So I've had some workshops uh, on intuitive art, on personal mandala making and okay. uh, that sort of thing where I like the intuitive art. That's so fun because it's, I just uh, give a guided meditation and it was like a five week course and each week, I might give a suggestion of either color scheme or uh, a feeling or, you know, a particular artist and, and inspire, inspiring that. And then just like bring the students out and sort of like the intuitive writing. Mm -hmm. I leave them in the state of sort of a hypnotic state with the suggestion of what, you know, what's going to come out on their canvas is free form or, uh, and then they love it. It's like, it's what I love about that. It's almost like, the hypnosis where you say, what was the most surprising thing? And they're, they're like, I've never painted anything like this before. Okay. And they get so creative and they have such a good mm. time. Uh, so anyway, that's one of the ways I tie those two things together. Well, that's really, really interesting. So has painting been the primary medium of art that you've been involved in? 
Um, I like drawing too. And I love, I used to take, I still take, I would started out taking a lot of photographs to paint from because okay. I, in my classroom, I would, unfortunately, I, I do plein air teaching, but for the most part, when I'm in the classroom, we have to use a resource. And so I would take a lot of photos uh, to paint from. And then I just found sometimes I love the photos way more than I would love the paintings. And I have not made that into any sort of a, um, I would say profession, but I, photography is uh, also something I love to do, but it's all with my iPhone, you know, it's not of course. nothing fancy, but that takes yeah. better pictures than the camera I had. So yes. <laughs> Yeah, our iPhones make us look really good. Yeah, if I'm on the like... other side of it, right? As long as the, as long as it's not facing me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> how about selfies? Yeah, oh, selfie, yeah, selfie art. <laughs> hey, it's how the 21st century. <laughs> that, that all counts, right? Yeah. It all adds up. Yeah, it's 25 uh, selfies to get one good shot. That's. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, it's it's interesting the um, the uses that art and writing can be uh, that, that you can put to that in order to solve uh, real life challenges, and they're very they can be very very therapeutic. And I had to ask the question about their your preferred medium because I have interviewed artists on this show, and it's been. Pretty much, people have been painters. Some are are musicians and oh. are. are into drawing and sculpting and yeah, I very think a lot of us I think a lot of us do it all because I also mm -hmm. have done some sculpture and I do play the yeah. piano and create stuff <laughs> I, love I, do, it. I do love to create music it doesn't mean I'll ever remember the same tune twice but I I do play I do kind of compose uh what's the right word a la prima <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> which means I don't write it down oh Okay. Yeah. Well, spontaneous is always good. And uh, so, you know, all of this has a general theme of creativity. Why do you suppose creativity is so important to human beings? Well, I'll tell you, um, I think it's our nature that, again, uh, Western society and maybe certainly some Eastern um, societies as well has relink you know kind of squashed in us um and it's it's a it's innate you know it's just part of who we are now if you think about for example um a lot of the terminology around say manifesting co-creating yeah. creating yeah. our reality letting our intentions and we have to be creative mm -hmm. like every moment of our lives really we have to get creative about even just like how we're going to run our day and the more creatively and openly we can think the more i think we express our soul at you know that we expand our our energy i don't know if this is making mm -hmm. maybe it's making sense to you i'm not sure if your listeners will think it makes sense but well, i hope so when we're yeah. when we're not creating when we're not feeling or living in a creative way and i don't mean we always have to be painting or drawing or whatever mm -hmm. but even allowing our mind to you know be creative like look at the clouds and allow our our thoughts to kind of go out there and and see the shapes you know it's it's a yeah. um, it's a mind expanding and gratifying in an innate mm -hmm. way. I think we are meant to be creative. Yes, 
I, I agree. And I think that human beings are creative, even if somebody is uh, feels stuck in life, even if they, they are feeling unhappy, if they're dreaming or fantasizing even yeah. about something else that to me is a form of creativity. Exactly. And, and that's where that co-creation kind of thing comes along when you talk about uh, like say, uh, Abraham Hicks, you, know, you got to put it into your vortex mm -hmm. and we create it in our thoughts and thoughts have form. And so that's, you know, part of, part of that more uh, metaphysical picture of creating that we create a thought right? and it can take form. So when you talk about somebody who's uh, fantasizing about a different way, when they're fantasizing, that can, create that can come into reality mm -hmm. if they fantasize and then they think then they move into the more material well how can i make that real Here, here's what i love to think about this is uh when people say oh you're crazy you're fantasizing you're making the stop daydreaming if you think of when someone says you know about manifesting or intention setting uh you know being woo woo mm -hmm. well if the chair you're sitting on someone had to think of it first it was a thought first. Yes, the radio yes. or the computer or whatever you're listening on, the, I, the iPhone, it, somebody thought of that first. It didn't always exist. It didn't you know, grow out of the ground. Mm -hmm. Somebody had to think of it. And it was a thought form and it manifested into reality. So that's one way of actually using this wording to help someone who is in the box realize that intention and daydreaming and creativity are not you know outside the norm they are part of our every the building we're sitting in someone thought of then they put it on paper then they got the bricks then they got the glass and they made it it yes, was yes. it was it was intended and it was um you know not physical and now it is mm -hmm. so. No, of that. Yes. And well, so uh, just so many themes that have to do with creativity and the creative process. And so Desiree, when you work with clients, your greatest joy is in their success. And what brings you the most joy in your personal life? What okay. do you really, really love? Well, um, Ice cream. No. Mm, oh, right. Okay. <laughs> no, really. Yes. The show's all about ice cream. I, I, very, I very seldom eat ice cream, but that did oh. just come to mind. I guess it's because I haven't had it for a long time. I see. Um, well, you know, I think it, it still <laughs> is tied together with, um, with seeing what I do make a difference in someone else's life. So it's not like yeah. it's, I'm not, uh, what's the right word? It, it's not like, oh, it's all about other people because the using what I've learned and what I see as valuable, having that um, be respected and be seen as valuable by someone else because they've succeeded with it. That's really reaffirming that it's like a good pat on the back that yes, I did it. You know, I'm doing the right thing. And I feel really good about myself when I've helped someone else feel good about themselves. Mm -hmm. um, and I think also, certain people tend to go into different lines of work. If you've ever done one of those, you know, um, Myers-Briggs or yeah. horoscope or numerology, all of mine actually agree 
all of them, that I'm pretty much doing what I, um, you know, one of those lists of, of things that I should be doing based on, you know, the numbers in my name or my birthday or my uh, Aquarius or my Myers-Briggs. Sure. And, and I, you know, before I even got my degree in psychology, I went for a year to get a um, degree and licensed as a cosmetologist, which is uh, hairstylist, skincare, nails, right? Mm -hmm. So even then, what I loved, you know, for the short time I worked in that before going back to school, I loved having somebody come in and love their hair when I was done, just feel good about themselves. So even then, yeah, I should have been a plastic surgeon is what I should have been, but <laughs> and, you know, but even then I, I loved doing something to help someone feel better. The other thing that does come up often is um, the creative side is the art. Um, and I don't know, that's, that's kind of more a self-satisfaction thing. Although, you know, when someone buys a piece of my work and really loves it, that's uh, kind of a side benefit. But mm -hmm. so I think that explains, right. explains that why I love, other people's success uh, other things I love to do I love nature mm -hmm. I'd love to do more travel um, ad adventure learning new things those are things that I really get excited mm -hmm. about I love that okay and, and I have well, three kids and when I get to spend time with them I get really excited but they're all you know doing their own life now so I have to kind of like do the oh you're poor mother you never oh. come to visit <laughs> oh well <laughs> I have to pull some strings there. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. So I appreciate this. Um, what's your favorite flavor of ice cream? Well, as a kid, it used to be chocolate. Okay. But, you know, now I lean more toward um, vanilla, oddly no? enough. But vanilla with chocolate sauce is, is pretty awesome. All right. Yes, it is. Uh, okay. Actually, coffee. Yeah, coffee ice cream. Uh, coffee ice cream. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah, see, this is a, it's a variety of things that we talk about here on the show. <laughs> All of it dealing with human transformation. And if it makes you really, really happy, like a nice pint of coffee ice cream, mm -hmm. then I think that's great. Okay. I'll tell you, the, the best thing I ever had was actually um, chocolate gelato in Italy. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know when you have something... And you remember it forever, and then yes. you just can't get that that particular thing back again. And mm -hmm. it was actually at a gelato shop, and and I guess it was Rome. And I was like, oh my gosh! And I've tried to buy chocolate gelato out of the grocery store. It's just not the same. I have mm. to go back. <laughs> well, I think that's it. I, th I think that you'll just have to go back. Yeah, yeah. find that, that particular little shop again. That settles it. That's the answer to the exact same place. I love it. Okay. Well, so Desiree, you've mentioned a couple of things here. I want to backtrack. You talked about the International Academy of Universal Self-Mastery a few minutes ago here and the offering of creating your own personal mandala. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk for a minute about that. Creating your own personal mandala. What is it? What is it? What's involved? Well, it's sort of a, a fun and creative um, and meditative thing to do. Okay. And because with a mandala, uh, most people are probably familiar. It's a circular pattern that's divided into pie shapes. Mm -hmm. And within, you know, when I could go in the class, I'll go into the history, the background, what can be in it. Um, but there's a you know history and tradition behind it. However, to simplify. 
if you're if you're kind of simplifying making one that's more of a decorative thing you you kind of duplicate the pattern in each piece of the pie and then it creates this um uh, very ornate or even simple uh pattern so the idea of the personal mandala uh, the way i do i'm going to do it in this uh workshop is again to have a guided meditation i love right. a little light hypnosis cool. on uh, guiding someone to choose something for their future, perhaps, or a part of themselves that they'd like to enhance or, or to um, something that they really value, and that will go in the center circle. And they'll put like that image or something that represents that. And then what they can do, and they can, you know, kind of free form, they can just put designs into each other thing, or each section could have a, almost like a calendar Okay. Yeah. Image that represents uh, progression along that way. They could. So it's very, very free form. But the personal mandala is it's the design is not going to be like, oh, here, copy this, do this, do it just like this. Now put an X there. Now put a circle here. It's to give them the basic shape, the design, some history, but then guide them to create something that means something to them and then they can hang that up as sort of a reminder almost like someone would do a vision board yes so, uh, something that just uh, either reminds them of an accomplishment or about themselves or to show them where they are where they want to go uh, where they were how far they've come uh, or just something that makes them feel better but you know it might just be a cat <laughs> it may just be you know pictures of cats jumping you know in this design and um, they're so fun to do and it's something you can do over and over again with a different intention each time too. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I, I love this. And then this is the International Academy of Universal Self Mastery that, that we're talking about here. That's an online learning community that launches October of 2020. And you can find Desiree's courses, all of her course offerings and offerings from over 150 other faculty members worldwide. Right. All of this is online. And Tomas too. Yes. And, and I, I am also on the faculty and, and the iAwesome, as we call it, council. And this can be found online at iAwesome.com. And it's an acronym, I-A-U-S-M, I-A-U-S-M.com. And Desiree, I believe you're well ahead of where I am in getting your courses up well, on the site. So you'll be on there. Well, well, I hope so. It's, it's <laughs> I keep finding, um, what do you call it? Uh, something gets in the way, like glitches. Oh, oh yes. no, not glitches on the platform. But for example, my brand new external hard drive where I mm. had information stored, it made this chirping sound and now my computer doesn't recognize it. So I'm doing a little, um, you know, digging for and retrieving some of the information that needs to go online and i'm still working on my um uh mandala class that that is not together yet but uh oh. it's next right now what i'm loading up is the um my course on uh listening to your inner voice how to listen oh, to your okay. inner voice and that's all about intuition. Fabulous. Well, it's so much that, uh, that you have to offer and that all of the faculty members worldwide have yeah. to offer. It's really an amazing platform. And I, I highly recommend you all listening out there. If you haven't checked it out, check it out. IAUSM.com. Desiree, question for you. 
how can people get a hold of you then to work with you further, whether it's with art therapy or hypnotherapy or any of the modalities that you practice? How can people reach you to find out more information? Okay, thank you. Um, the best way probably is to go to, I have three websites, but the okay. website that has the most information as far as um, what I offer, the prices, um, and my um, certifications with links to the places that the, I, the certification is from. Yeah. Uh, com, And that's trans as in transpersonal, uh, transformative, you know, transformative and uh, oh, yeah. hypnotherapy.com. And uh, so it has, that's my more formal uh, informational website. And so through there also it has uh, like the little click to contact me button there. It also has a, you can uh, sign up on there to get on my email list. So, uh, and I'm, I'll tell people, I'm not one of those people that you're going to get five emails a week. I probably send out an email <laughs> about every three months oh. and it's usually, I'm, I'm just not one of those big email platform kind of people. So uh, when I send something out, it's usually to announce if I have workshops coming up or even just an update. Sometimes I'll share, um, you know, a, a link to a podcast or that sort of thing. But not even every time I create a podcast, I'll even send that out to my mail list. I just don't want to be a pest. And um, <laughs> so I, I usually send something every now and then just to say, hey, I'm here and this is what's <laughs> happening and some links for people if they're interested. I love it. Okay. And that's transhypnotherapy.com. Um, okay. Beautiful. Well, Desiree, before we wrap up here, mm -hmm. I've learned a great deal and this has been a lot of fun and I thought that it would be, and it absolutely <laughs> has been. And we even know your favorite flavor of ice cream, which right? is added bonus. That is in the mail. <laughs> yes. It's an added bonus. Coffee, yeah. ice cream. Yes. So Desiree, before we wrap up here, is there anything else that you'd like to add uh, for our, our listeners here today about, about hypnotherapy, about art, about creativity? I mean, any last thoughts that you'd like to convey here? Um, I would like to throw out a little promotional buzz. Uh, All right. One of the, I will be doing a workshop uh, November 7th virtually with the National Association of Transpersonal Hypnotherapists. And you can find that information at www.nath.world. And they have a annual conference. Usually it's in person, but I guess one of the benefits of all this you know, craziness is that we can reach so many people and people don't even have to get on an airplane and come out in person. So everybody can come to this conference and sign up. And I have a two-hour workshop on uh, that Saturday. It's a full day of different workshops available uh, for, I think it's $99 for the day of, of uh, full day of workshops, or they have an option of uh, $149 for all eight workshops because they offer two at a time. Okay, yeah, yeah. And then you have access for a year or something like that. But it's my, um, the transpersonal hypnotherapist who I trained with. And uh, my workshop there is in particular focused on, um, it would be interesting for a non-hypnotherapist as well, but it's called the heart-based induction. And okay. it's uh, going to be an informational and experiential 
to our experience with talking about uh, heart rate coherence. So if anybody's interested in learning about heart rate coherence, uh, heart brain coherence, heart rate variability, I should say, heart brain coherence and finding out the power of your heart mm. and how that can be used for your wellness and in particular as a hypnotherapist, how to use that in an induction. Um, but I will be guiding uh, a, a, um, an induction and a hypnosis using it. So even if you're not a hypnotherapist, you might uh, enjoy the process and how to learn how to use it for yourself. All right. And this is in November then, correct? Yes, November 7th. November and 7th. Yeah, and they can find the information at uh, www.nath.world. All right. Yeah. So that's coming up. Um, I'm looking forward to um, iAwesome launching. And, um, and yes, I work with people virtually. If somebody wants to work with me, I can work virtually and in person. Okay. And um, for most of my things, and my website says which things I, I can do uh, virtually. Um, and I do have a Facebook page. Transhypnotherapy mm -hmm. is also um, my Facebook page. If anybody wants to come, you know, click like or follow me there. I try to share interesting things there, information. Um, okay, yeah. But otherwise, uh, I just say people, you know, with things that are going on, I, I would like to love to suggest that people turn off their TVs and read a book and mm -hmm. take this opportunity to get away from a lot of the negativity that can bring you down and take some take some time to just raise yourself up and be good to yourself because you, you, what's amazing is I saw the greatest meme the other day. It showed somebody like the words were, Oh, just to think there's some poor fool sitting by a waterfall in a mountain someplace who doesn't have an iPhone and has no idea how afraid he's supposed to be. <laughs> mm, yes. So, you know, just if we didn't, if we didn't have all this, you know, stuff coming at us, we wouldn't know that there's anything then because there's really not as much wrong with the world as, um, you know, if you think about your own personal life and your day and your health, then just be there instead of being scared. Yes. Yeah. Be, be in your own present instead of being scared and turn off the television. Great yeah. advice. And listen to plenty of podcasts. Yeah. Listen to podcasts. Only listen to podcasts. Yes. That's right. Listen to Tomas's. Listen to mine. Yes. Yeah, listen tell, us to my about, podcast. tell us about yours again. Well, it's Intuitive Journey with Desiree. Okay. And I also have um, a YouTube channel. Oh, yeah. So, um, and I'm, I'm in the process of loading all of my stuff onto my YouTube channel. So some of the um, episodes are there. Um, so Desiree Holmes Sharini is my YouTube channel. And on there, I have a playlist. So if you want to watch me talk about things, then you can go there. Or if you just want to hear me talk about things, you can go to my podcast. So I cover... Uh, I interview people like we are here. Mm -hmm. I cover um, sort of like life coaching stuff, uh, ways to work through things like anxiety, change, um, dieting, all the sort of stuff that I might work with someone in person. Actually, it's not dieting, but I call it the no diet diet. So no, there's lots no. of practical stuff on there. But I also will dive into metaphysical things, interview mm -hmm. people in those areas, uh, talk about... Um, spirit world right. uh, 
uh, stuff like that. So it's a bit of a mix as far as metaphysics and life coaching and uh, mm-hmm. interviews with people that uh, are in that area. I love it. All right. And yeah, I can say I, I had a great time being a guest on your yes. show and I had a great time having you on my show here, Decide to Transform today. Thank you so Thank much you. for joining us today. Thank you for inviting me. It was fun to talk to you again. This is great. This has been Desiree Holmes-Sharini, and I'm Tomas Garza, and we'll see you back here on the next episode of Decide to Transform. Everybody have a great day. Listen to lots of podcasts. (laughs) 